This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is powered by a pure VPN. Um, when you're browsing the internet, uh, you want to keep yourself uh, both secure and private, and the best way to do that is with a VPN like PureVPN. Uh, it obfuscates your browsing history from Google and Facebook, but also from your ISP, and it gives you the ability to uh, report that you are physically somewhere that you are not, which is wonderful when you're traveling out of the country and you want to access a service that is not available. Um, and right now, they are doing a deal for our viewers. You can get two years of service for $2.88 a month instead of the regular $10.95. And uh, you can get all of that by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right. So we've been teasing it all show. <laughs> you have been doing... You and uh, and your team have been doing some some weird stuff, and I absolutely love it. What have you guys been up to? Uh-oh. You've gone quiet on me, Abram. We did a couple of little science experiments uh, in, in our office just to kind of prove the things uh, we could do certain things. So the first one actually I think could be kind of useful to people um, to know about. So... Um, this, we, I met, uh, this writer, uh, TJ Smith. He's a U YouTuber. Um, anyway, he showed me how to, um, how to like dye, uh, how to like waterproof electronics. So the key is that you have to take, you know, a circuit board, let's say, and, you have to bathe it in this very poisonous chemical called corrosion X, which you can buy. You don't want the aerosol can. You want the spray bottle so that you can open it up and dump it into like a piece of Tupperware or a bowl or something. Mm -hmm. Although one you'll never eat from again and use it to bathe a, a board. Now I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't recommend, uh, it's probably not a good idea to actually put your power source underwater or do this to it but what we did and what i can say we were able to do is we took a raspberry pi 4 uh bathed it in corrosion x um took the wires the power usb-c cable that provides power the micro hdmi cable that provides a video we dipped the tips of those into corrosion x and then we were able to run the raspberry pi underwater so wow the and, uh, you know, supposedly, uh, uh, supposedly Corrosion X will last for six months of constant use. Obviously, we didn't test that theory. Um, the one problem that we had was that the, and this could have been a problem with just the, the USB-C cable we were using or whatever. But as we were, like, pushing, the problem is that the, uh, the Raspberry Pi was fairly light, so it wanted to float. And I wanted to get it completely submerged uh. for purposes of, of science. So I had to keep <laughs> like using the wires to kind of push it underwater. And sometimes the, um, the power cable would, would like not uh. have a solid connection when I was pushing it. Um, so, you know, that's probably just me pushing on it or whatever. Um, once I just let it float, uh, it, it's, it stayed on no problem. Uh, 
Now, there's a lot of caveats to this. One, Corrosion X is super poisonous. They tell you if you get it on your clothes to, like, I don't know, be careful and put your clothes somewhere. Don't get it on your skin. Although, uh, the guy who uh, showed us how to do this and, and uh, wrote the article with me, um, he he uses his bare hands to do it and just washes them a lot. But one thing to keep in mind is you're, it never dries. It's like putting WD-40 in a lock or something. Oh, It's, it's kind of a lubricant. So it, it, anytime you touch, once you've waterproofed something with corrosion X, anytime you touch it, you'll get this chemical on yourself. Mm. Um, so, um, so why would you want to do this? Um, I mean, theoretically, this would allow you to use something like Raspberry Pi outside in poor weather, in bad weather, uh, or, um, you know, I don't know, near a swimming pool or something. But here's the problem. First of all, you don't want to be in any water that this is touching because it's got this chemical on it that comes off. Um, second of all, you're not what you're not waterproofing and certainly would not be recommended to waterproof either is the power source Mm -hmm. so you know it still has to be plugged into an outlet or a battery somewhere right to get to get juice to actually do anything even if you don't have a monitor connected to your computer to your raspberry pi and you just want to give it power so it can like collect data from a sensor or something and send it to the internet um it's you still need a power source sure and you you know you're not going to take an electric socket and start pouring water on that like that's really dangerous um you know even in this case i would kind of caution people um you know not to touch the water when they're when if they're trying if they're trying this not to to wear gloves i mean granted um it shouldn't put any electricity in the water um, because it, you know, it shouldn't short. Uh, but, you know, uh, really, it's more of a science experiment than anything else. So, uh, I mean, really, and honestly, if you wanted to use a Raspberry Pi or another microcomputer outside, probably a better bet would be to get a waterproof case to put it in. Yeah. And then you could put the batteries in that case, too. Um and that would be probably a cleaner, neater solution that would probably protect it better because this is just coating against water, but not against, you know, if hail hits it or something and damages it from the weight or, or anything like that. So, I mean, I guess one possible use case for this this sort of thing would be if you were building, let's say, a robot or a radio-controlled vehicle or something and you had to put the circuit board in it and... You and even though the entire thing was supposed to be waterproof and you had a waterproof structure around it, maybe you want to add an extra layer of protection for the board inside uh, that you don't really touch. But just in case some water leaks in, you're covered. Um, like a, like a second level, probably the like best a second level case. of protection on the board, not as the not as the primary yes. thing, but as a secondary. Yes, yes. So that I mean. Now, uh, what TJ did with it and what one could do, but again, I think there are just better ways of doing this. He put it in a bucket of ice 
um, to uh, use it, you know, to use it as a cooler, as, as to make it cool for overclocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and indeed, putting it in a bucket of ice makes makes your Raspberry Pi very cool when it's normally running at idle in the like 50s or 60s Celsius. Um, and then you put it in there and it's running at 11 degrees Celsius or even eight degrees Celsius, if not overclocked, um, you know, that's, that's impressive. On the other hand, the ice is going to melt eventually. So this is not a good solution. And, and certainly not a long term solution. Getting a, getting a five or $10 fan will allow you to maybe not get that cool, but will get cool enough so that the machine doesn't throttle. And isn't that all you really care about? I mean, as long as it's under 80 degrees Celsius, which is the point at which it throttles, um, that then you should be happy. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, unless you're just trying to prove to somebody just how cool you can get it, you don't really need to care whether it's, 75 degrees or or five degrees as long as it's below the threshold of of throttling so um we did it it was a fun experiment i encourage folks to check out the article and video on tom's hardware um about about this but for most people this is going to be more interesting to know that it can be done than to actually find a use for doing it themselves and dealing with the toxic chemicals and the you know unnecessary stuff um the other thing that we have done which will be on our live on our site in a couple of days we're waiting for the final cut of the video that we shot to be to be ready um is we decided we would try uh testing an amd and an intel system to see which one uh cooks pancakes the best on its cpu so to generate now if you look online people have cooked eggs on cpus before it's not um it's not a brand new concept that the amount of heat that a cpu can generate is so great that you could actually use it for for cooking but we hadn't seen anybody do pancakes and what we really wanted to do because we hadn't seen anybody else do it is compare uh, is to pit AMD against Intel. Now, obviously, we didn't try every AMD processor and every Intel processor. We tried two comparable ones. So they were both high-end desktop chips because those get hotter. So we used the Intel Core i9-9980XE, which is a high-end desktop chip. And we used the Intel Threadripper, not the, I mean, the AMD Threadripper uh, 2990WX. Um, and... So I really encourage people to watch the video and, and, and read the article because there's a lot more detail in there, but I will give you a spoiler about what happened. So we were able to cook a pancake on the Intel chip. It took about 15 minutes to generate enough heat uh, because these chips get up to a maximum of 105 degrees Celsius, which is 220 degrees Fahrenheit approximately. And that is enough to cook, but it's not like super hot like your your stove. So by taking the fan off and putting uh, thermal paste on the bottom of a small skillet, we were able to to get it to to get it to cook the pancake. Uh, I think our biggest problem was that our skillet was, uh, even though it was really small, was too big 
for the mother to fit on top of the chip as much as we would have liked. So we had to move, we had to kind of remove the, the VRMs voltage regulator, voltage regulator modules around the chip. And then that created some, some stability problems or we had to remove the cooling of the VRMs, I should say, not the VRMs. So we had to like hold a fan, a case fan and to blow on them, to keep it from getting so hot, it turned itself off. Now, AMD, uh, the Threadripper chip was actually a really large, physically large chip. So it's got a lot of surface area to put a pan on. But it also, even though it had full cooling on the on the VRMs, uh, turn itself off. So, and we could not, we basically could not get it to run without a fan, without some type of uh, cool active cooling solution on it. So that means we couldn't put our pan on it. That means, ergo, we couldn't really cook on it at all. Um, we, because there was some residual heat from when it was on and then turned itself off, we, we let it attempt to cook the pancake for a few minutes. Uh, with that residual heat, it didn't really work. It ended up with just being batter. So um, if you want to cook pancakes with a several thousand dollar computer instead of actually using it as a computer i definitely recommend intel over amd <laughs> now some at amd folks uh, fans could argue that maybe it's better that it turned itself off than attempt then continue to run under the conditions where uh -huh. you're you're not really cool actively cooling it uh, although the rebuttal to that would be hey the intel chip didn't break and it it managed to do to cook to 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 um, manage that heat just fine. So, um, you know, either way, it really doesn't tell you a lot about performance uh, of those chips. So, and uh, when you look at the actual performance of those chips, uh, Intel wins on some scores, and and AMD wins on some on other tasks. Um, so, you know, they're they're really evenly matched. Uh, but when it comes to comes to cooking, um, you definitely, at least in this high end desktop class of processor, you definitely want Intel. <laughs> so keep that in mind when you're on a desert island. If you're stuck on a desert island with a bat with a bottle of pancake batter, a, uh, a high end desktop, a power a work a working and a working power socket, and nothing else. <laughs> What you will do to survive, you will want the AMD chip. Nope. The A Intel chip. <laughs> <laughs> so close. <laughs> when you're stuck in the blue, I'm sorry. When you're stuck in the blue lagoon, you want a CPU from Team Blue. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I think that's how to remember. I think that's the quote there. Uh, I like that. Yeah. So, so how long did it take to uh? to prepare that second experiment. Um, so our, well, it took a lot of people, uh, our CPU, uh, editor, Paul Alcorn, who is just absolutely brilliant with this kind of stuff, uh, was visiting us from out of town cause he doesn't live in New York. Uh, and, uh, he brought the stuff with him. And I think the setup for each was maybe half an hour to an hour. I think I think less. I think the first one took an hour, and then once he we had it down pat, the second one took maybe like twenty thirty minutes okay. to get to get set up. Um, 
obviously also we ran ida 64 which is a which is a temperature measurement program but it also has a stress test in it mm-hmm. so we wanted to make sure that not only were did, were the computers on but they were actually doing something that completely stressed out the cpu so as to generate as much heat as possible that makes sense um yeah i the i i wouldn't have even thought about a stress tester which of course is the the logical thing i know that i can push my processor to 100 percent rendering the show at the end of the night uh but i mean we talked yeah. about i'll be i'll be honest we talked about um adding another sort of layer to the testing where we would try different applications and see like which application cooks you better cooks better for you but you know we only had this so many hours mm-hmm. to do this and it seemed like that's just adding a layer of complexity where as it is at the what we learned is at the very peak stressor it took 15 minutes so i can only imagine if we were playing like a 4k game or something uh-huh. and like oh the game was the game was getting really intense we had a big fight scene so it started to heat up and then oh there was a there was a cut scene and and uh, all of a sudden our pancakes yeah the pan started to cool down so um i guess if you're gonna if you're gonna cook you need to have consistent heat it indeed uh, unless you're making scrambled eggs in which case on and off is best but that's a whole different conversation i think the ah, i think the takeaway yes, we could we could try that i think the takeaway here is that during the show uh right now we could probably cook pancakes in the studio uh this computer sits at about 100% most of the show. Uh, that's The question is whether the CPU would let you, though, because right. it might... As soon as you pop the fan not off. ...not be able to handle the heat. Yeah. As soon as yeah. you pop the fan I mean, off, this granted, thing will turn off. Granted, for what it's worth, we had, you know, we had a, the equivalent of a heat sink in that the pan was a heat sink. Mm-hmm. True. Um, right. But... Uh, we we know that just having passive cooling a heatsink on a uh, on a hot CPU is not a recipe for uh, longevity for that true. CPU. Very true. Well, I I I love the the waterproofing. It's a it's a great it's a great idea, and there are definitely applications for it. Not not for most consumers, but like you said, there are definitely applications for it for things that are naturally going to get wet, you know, double protection, that kind of thing. But this pancake thing is the silliest thing I've ever heard. And I absolutely love it. I'm so glad that you guys did it. Oh, we're, when will we get to see this video? We're looking, uh, well, when our video folks uh, make a couple of changes to the draft they showed us. So probably uh, I'm going to guess maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. Perfect. But, uh, but yes, we'll we'll have that up. We'll share it out. We we certainly went you know spent a lot of time on it. So we really want people to watch, um, especially watch the video, not just read the article. Um, so we even got um, Tom's hardware cooking aprons for this occasion. <laughs> awesome. Well, Abram, I I always I always appreciate. The, the things that we talk about. We always talk about interesting stuff, but wow, cooking pancakes on... Is Intel or AMD better cooking pancakes? That is 
the weirdest and one of my favorites I think ever. Thank you for that. And I, I, I challenge you to try and top it. How's that? (laughs) We'll see. We we will try, especially if any story that involves comparing Intel and AMD always does well for us. So Uh, we're always looking for new vectors to compare them again, pair them on. Well, that's definitely, that's definitely a new one. (laughs) I can't wait to see the video.